Sisters, we are continuing in our series on the person of Jesus Christ. The aim of this series is to get you intimately acquainted with him, to get your mind focused where it needs to be. Say salvation is always in the posture of looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. This series is not intended to provide you with mere information, but rather to minister Christ to you on a personal and intimate level. The knowledge of Christ doesn't just get in your head, it belongs in your heart. And these things, when they're properly considered, they direct the new creation into vistas of love and truth. These are precious truths that help you cling to Christ and follow him whithersoever he goes. It'll make you love your life, not to the death. Today I want to focus on this aspect of the person of Jesus, that he himself is our inheritance. Jesus Christ, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Now that's a Bible word there, predestinated. And we're not going to get into that today lest we be drawn off into other avenues of thought. But this inheritance is a foreordained inheritance from the foundation of the world. It's after he's working all things after the counsel of his own will and our inheritance. The inheritance has to do with the purpose and will of God. The inheritance is in Christ and the inheritance is Christ. This is hinted at all throughout the scripture. That the Lord himself is our inheritance. Take for instance Psalm 16.5. David said, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance. And of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. In Deuteronomy it is written. Wherefore Levi hath no part nor inheritance with his brethren. The Lord is his inheritance according as the Lord thy God has promised him. See, this is, this is right in line with the divine purpose here. Known as one of the names of God, Jehovah Shalek in the Hebrew tongue means the Lord, our inheritance. It's an aspect of who he is relating to mankind. He is our inheritance and he is our reward. God told Abraham once, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. In fact, the very first time the word reward is used in the scripture, it's used in this account in Genesis 15.1 where God refers to himself as an exceeding great reward. Now what exactly is an inheritance? Noah Webster defined inheritance as the reception of an estate by hereditary right or the descent by which an estate or title is cast upon an heir as the heir received the estate by inheritance. For instance, if I decided who would get my things after I passed and they received it, they would have been said to have inherited it from me. It's normal for a person to receive an inheritance after the death of the one who has willed it. He continues, 
the estate or possession possession which may descend to an heir, though it has not yet descended. Which means an inheritance is coming, but it but it but it hasn't come yet. But it's it's still there nonetheless. The inheritance is still laid up. It's still there. It's just you haven't received it yet. See, my children have an inheritance, but they won't receive it until they are much older, should I tarry on this world. They are my children, they are, and they are receiving it because they are my children. They did not work for it. They did not earn it. Speaking as a man, I earned it. They were chosen to receive what I earned. Not only chosen to receive it, I purposed them to receive it. And I want them to receive it upon my death. Our inheritance in Christ is much the same way. In fact, the the inheritance is this way here because it's that way there. We did not earn the inheritance. It is something that was purely afforded by the merit of Christ. It's an inheritance reserved for the children of God from the foundation of the world. It was cast upon those who are the sons of God. God's children have a right to the inheritance. And it's made available to his children after his death. And now even in part. There is an inheritance to the people of God, but it is not descended to us yet in its fullness. We now, now we possess the first fruits of the Spirit. We see we have eternal life even now. Even now we have eternal life. But it's not in its fullness. We have the earnest or, or the down payment, as it were. The what we've been given here testifies of what's there. It's the earnest. It's it's a small taste of the greater thing and glory. Amen. There, there we will inherit all things. We will inherit all things. The scripture says, he that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. Amen. We're talking about the inheritance. We're talking about Jesus is our inheritance. We will inherit The all new things that are created. We will inherit God himself and his kingdom. This is an infinitely large promise beyond our current comprehension, but not beyond our ability to consider it and to desire it and to want it and to hope for it and to look forward to it and to live in view of it. We weigh it in our minds. And see, we must do this as this comprises virtually the totality of a living hope that saves our soul. We're speaking today about Christ, our inheritance. There was a a man once who came to Jesus and he said, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? It actually says inherit eternal life. In practically every major English version of the Bible, NIV, New Living Translation, English Standard, New King James, New American Standard, Holman Christian Standard, English Revised, it all says, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? 
Jesus did not correct his assessment of inheriting eternal life, but he verified the question as valid by explaining how to inherit it. When we inherit eternal life, we inherit the Lord himself, meaning we are changed into the same image from glory to glory. We are joined to the Lord as one spirit. We know the Lord and it is written and this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. This isn't knowing like an academic knowing. This is a knowing like a husband knows his wife. It's a joining. It's a unity of the spirit. Christ is our life. So if we are promised eternal life, we are promised himself. There is no life outside of Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no such thing as an eternal inheritance not essentially existing and consisting of him. Our life is hid with Christ in God. We are in Christ and Christ is in God. Jesus is truly our inheritance and that means something more profound than most people in the Christian world today have ever considered. That since Jesus is our inheritance, it means that the destiny of mankind is to be joined with him. It is right. It is proper. It's the purpose for man. It's why we were made. It means that God did not create mankind simply to live in this world ignorant of God. And living for themselves. It means that without Christ, you can never really have what you were intended to have. And you will never be what you were really intended to be. See, we are complete in him. We were not made. No man was made to live their life apart from Christ. It means that God has something far better in store for you from the foundation of the world than you can even comprehend. It's the reason why you aren't satisfied here. It's the reason why you can you can admit that this world is not your home. It's the reason that you don't really fit in with the world and its ways. And in salvation, he is making mankind, he's making us meet or qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Doesn't that sound good? Oh, give thanks. Give thanks to him that he's made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. You've been made to inherit the throne of glory. And if you believe, God will raise you up so that you can inherit it. And Hannah prophesied that, remember? She said, he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. And every one of us were poor and wretched and blind and naked and sitting in an ash heap. 
And when his own people served other gods and were stiff-necked and hard-hearted, he sent his prophet with a message. He said, tell them what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to give them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Our inheritance glorifies the Lord. He said, thy people also shall be all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands. That I might be glorified, says the Lord. For unto the angels hath he not put into subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. It's good to speak of the world to come. But in one certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitedest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels? Thou crownest him with glory and honor and did set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But that's 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 there. That's the inheritance there when we will inherit all things. We don't see that now. That's not apparent now in this world. But what do we see? We see Jesus. We see Jesus. Amen. With the, with the seeing eye of faith. We saw how Jesus was made lower than the angels. We saw how he lived when he was here. We saw him suffer. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. We saw by faith how he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. And how he overcame the grave. And how he is risen and ascended and he's seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And that's how we know that the promise is true. Because he ever liveth to make intercession for us. It's an inheritance that's been declared from the beginning. And these last times has been opened up to us. God said to Abraham, and I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger and all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and I will be their God. And it, as far as Abraham concerned, that was the land that was down here. But he ultimately wasn't talking about this world here because we know that this world here is not everlasting And this world here cannot be given as an everlasting possession. He was testifying of a greater inheritance, of a greater promise. The prophet Jeremiah testified of it too. He said, I will be the God of all the families of Israel and they will be my people. And the prophet Isaiah said, Christ is our refuge. He said, he who seeks refuge in me will inherit the land and possess my holy mountain. Possess his holy mountain. 
And the psalmist of Israel said, Evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. They know there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells only righteousness. That's, That's your inheritance. Jesus said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. All throughout the scriptures, God has testified of an inheritance. And he's making us meet to be partakers of it. See, you've got to be made meet. You've got to be made fitting. This isn't an inheritance that's just lavished on the unworthy. You must be made meet for the inheritance. Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before the swine. And he's not going to cast his good things before the swine either. You've got to be made meet. He is making you ready and qualified to enter into an eternal inheritance. They were not saved to just sit around. We're going to partake. And even now we are partakers. We have to overcome. Our faith has to be tested. Our faith has to be tried before it's rewarded. See, faith that fails the test isn't real faith and it won't be rewarded. Only tried faith. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. He that overcometh. If you're going to share in the inheritance that is Christ, you've got to be part of the overcomers. Christ was an overcomer, wasn't he? Well, wasn't he? And, And if you are in him, you will overcome as well. Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth? That Jesus is the son of God. You see right now is the time of overcoming. Not the time of inheriting. The time of inheriting is not now. The, the, The fullness of the inheritance is not now. Now is the time of overcoming. The overcoming is always done in view of the inheritance. Our posture in this world is a posture of war. It's a time of sojourning, not settling down. Soldiers are sojourners. They don't set up gardens. They dig trenches. They don't stay in one place long. They must be alert. They must be watchful. They must be cautious. They don't call the enemy territory. They are occupying their home. And we don't call this world our home either. Every soldier looks forward to the time when the war is ended and we look forward to the time when it has ended for us as well. One day we will beat our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks, but today we need the swords and the spears. Now's the time to overcome. And there's a lot to overcome, brethren. We have an enemy, the old serpent, the enemy of our souls, a spiritual enemy to contend with principalities and powers to wrestle with, doctrines of demons that must be combated and cast down and exposed. We have to contend with with the flow of a world that's contrary to God, that hates God. We have to contend with, with entering in and walking through contaminated and sinful and toxic environments. We have to contend with tribulations and trials and persecutions. We, haven't, we even have to contend with our own selves. 
these vile bodies in which is written the law of sin and death that's corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. You've got to put off that old man and his deeds every day. Paul said, I die daily. Now is the time of overcoming. We are living in the heart of the purpose of God. If you're living by faith in the Son of God, you're living in the heart of the purpose and will of God. And we know when the worthy lamb opened the book in the hand of the one who sat upon the throne, there wasn't just a white horse, there was a red horse and a black horse and a pale horse. The experience of the saints on the earth is currently not one of just triumph. But we have also experienced violence and persecutions and slanderings and hardships and sufferings, and famine, and perplexity, and fear, and death. But by the grace of God, it doesn't shake our faith. And the good news of the gospel says that despite all of these things, we can overcome. We can overcome by obtaining power from God. Getting grace to help in the time of need. You can overcome because you have access to a God who is over all. And is able to keep you from falling. A God who made a way of escape. And a highway of holiness. And the armor of God. And the sword of the spirit. Who has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And a mediator. And an intercessor. Whoever lives to make intercession for us. And a comforter. And a new creation. And a new heart. And he's written the law on your heart and on your mind. And you agree with it. And you love it. And you want to live it. And he's given us all these things. That we might be overcomers. And there is far more for us. Than there is against us. We know. And we are persuaded that he that began a good work in us will perform it into the day of Jesus Christ. And we overcome always in view of our end, of the end, our inheritance. God wants you to know what your end is in Christ Jesus. He wants you to know what lies ahead of the victory. He who overcomes shall, shall inherit. It shall inherit, not may inherit shall inherit all things. And again, he's shown this through the scriptures all along. The word inherit or inheritance is mentioned 307 times in the scripture, in the King James Version of the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation. By comparison, the word fight or fighting is used 176 times. And the word battle is used 171 times. Though the The word inheritance is used twice as much as the word fighting. In the book of Joshua, seven chapters are dedicated to the fighting done by the children of Israel, while 11 chapters are dedicated to their inheritance that they received. In fact, in those 11 chapters, the word inheritance is mentioned 56 times. There is an emphasis to be seen here, a divine emphasis, and that the emphasis is not ultimately on the fighting, but on the inheritance. They were fighting to take possession of the land. In the same way, our fighting must be done in view of the end, in view of our inheritance. 
See, we don't fight because we are warmongers and we enjoy trouble and conflict. Not those of us whose feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. As much as it, as much as lies within within us, we pers- we we seek to follow peace with all men. We we seek peace and ensue it. We pursue it. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the the children of God. We don't fight because we we just because we're warmongers and we just love fighting. We fight in view of the promise. In view of the inheritance. See, Moses had recompense unto the reward. That's why he left Egypt. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. See, it it was the inheritance. He had recompense unto the reward. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. That you be not slothful, but followers of them through who faith and patience inherit the promises. The Lord Jesus gave us an exhortation. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast, which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. See, he, he promised it. Now you have to diligently hold fast to it. Don't let anyone sell you the garbage of the world for the price of your inheritance. See, Jesus is not of this world. The kingdom of God is not of this world. If you tie yourself to this world, you'll not only lose the world because it's passing away, you'll lose the inheritance as well. Don't be like that profane Esau who for one morsel Just for one morsel sold his birthright. Esau had the birthright. It was his. It rightfully belonged to him. But he despised it. And he sold it. Don't despise your birthright. Jesus is not of this world. There are some people today that serve a Jesus that gives an inheritance starting now. Focusing on money and physical health. And earthly possessions. And they endeavor to nail people's head to the earth like Sisera. When Sisera's head was nailed to the earth, he died. See, when they promise these things, when in fact, the inheritance presumes forsaking this world for a better world to come. Losing our life here to gain it. He who, he who saves his life will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake shall find it. <clears throat> counting all, and, and not just forsaking, but counting it. Counting what was forsaken as dung. Remember Lot's wife, she looked back. She looked back and she was turned into a pillar of salt. Don't look back. If we've forsaken something for the Lord, don't ever look back longing for it. Counting all else but dung that we may win Christ. That's the inheritance. While we are here, the fighting must be done and we must overcome. 
but we fight with this dominating hope in mind. The Lord appeals to our thirst for this eternal hope when he says, He that overcometh shall inherit all things. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then we shall also appear with him in glory. What a profound statement. Yet so sadly missing from many a pulpit in our day. Lots of sermons about successful marriages and and restored lives and healed addictions and lots of sermons about our duty to God and country and our commission and how to be the church. And all these things are great, but we need to hear more about the inheritance, the eternal inheritance of God's people. We've got to tell the people of God the end of the matter. There's power in knowing that. Paul desired this. He said that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that she may know, that she may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Inheriting all things. That's not, that's not an exaggerated statement. That's not overstated or embellished. The word of God isn't written like the word of man. It's not an exaggerated thing. When Peter says exceedingly great and precious promises, it's not an exaggeration. It's the truth. If anything, the language doesn't do the actual reality of it full justice. It deserves because of our moral framework. And so it comes out like exceedingly great and precious. Because that's the capacity that human language has to describe it. But see, by faith you understand that. Mm -hmm. By faith you understand that human language is insufficient to explain. Mm -hmm. That's why he said that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And the riches of the glory of his inheritance. You have to know that by faith. That can't be intellectually discerned, brethren. Our inheritance includes the full realization of life in Christ with absolutely no awareness of, perception of, or sense of the former things. The things connected to this present evil world will be gone forever, never to be remembered again. There will be no more opposition, no offenses, no defiling influences, no curse. No longer shall we be subject to vanity or our labor be with sweat. The things that are the result of sin, all pain and sorrow and grief and sickness and toil and trouble and hardship and suffering and lamentation and regret will no longer be present among God's people or experienced in any measure at all. We will no longer need a deliverer. We will no longer need a protector like we do here. We will no longer need to pray to God and hope in him. For we will have the object that we've hoped for. God will be with us and we will be with him. Never again will we be physically separated from our God. And God is everything. Everything that is true, everything that is lovely, everything that is beautiful and comely and captivating and wonderful is our God. Nothing is anything without him. 
And he told Abraham, I am thy exceeding great reward, and he will be ours as well. And the experience of this reality, all sorrow will flee away, and the former things shall not even come into your mind. In this life, at this time, an inheritance isn't always a good thing. You know, you could inherit a business, and with it, you could inherit the debt of the business. But the former things will be passed away, and then we shall inherit all things. The temporal order will vanish away, and the eternal will remain. Therefore, the things that are eternal are actually more real than what you can currently see with your mortal eyes. Eternal life! Eternal life is, isn't just speaking of a duration of time. A lot of people will think of eternal life this way. They think of it as a long time, a time without end. But eternal life is eternal life, not just eternal time. It would say eternal time. It says eternal life. Life has a quality to it. Life has a reciprocity to it. Life has a fellowship with, to it. Life has a responsiveness to it. Eternal life is speaking of quality of life and manner of life. It's speaking of an everlasting fellowship with God, an everlasting responsiveness to God, and it's an everlasting compatibility with God. It's not just existing. The damned in hell are going to exist forever, and they're going to have eternal death. They're going to be forever separated from a God of life. Our eternal inheritance is a quality inheritance. It's superior to anything known by man. We're speaking of joy and peace and firsthand knowledge and understanding and fellowship and love and beauty and communion in its fullness. All things, it's beyond the comprehension of the natural and it can only be seen by the regenerated soul who walks by faith. And we must not just catch a glimpse of this reality. This reality must always ever be in our forefront. Seeing this inheritance factor is essential. Living in view of the end is essential. You haven't inherited all things yet. You're not totally satisfied yet, but one day you will be. One day you won't have this body of death. You'll have a new body like unto his glorious body, and you'll see him as he is. And then you can freely drink and be satisfied. And that satisfaction will never end. It will never be interrupted. You will go in and out no more. It it will be complete. What manner of love has the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God? And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Our inheritance, the inheritance isn't given to those who are unlike him. The children always bear the resemblance of their father. And if children, then heirs. Mm -hmm. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him. That's making us meet. Mm -hmm. 
that we may be also be glorified together. Christ has the Father, and we will have the Father with Christ, and Christ shall have us. He is our inheritance, and we are his inheritance. God said, ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. Talking to Christ. And the othermost parts of the earth for thy possession. It's a great inheritance. It's, this inheritance that Christ is receiving is much bigger than just Israel. It's going to be a number that no man can number from every tribe and every nation and every kindred and every tongue. And I want to give thanks for this inheritance that is in Christ. Men and brethren, please lend me your ear. The time is approaching and the end has drawn near. The Lord is awaiting his time to appear. And with our inheritance so precious and dear, the faithful Lord Jesus, the Christ, did declare it. Brother John, he did thus write and did share it. These all things prepared that we're soon to inherit. Because now as we fare, they're not readily apparent. For now the time of the fighting's at hand. And now there are giants still high in the land. But do not forget his great promise so grand. A promise that's keeping us strong as we stand. That all things are given to those who overcome. All things of the Father and all things of the Son. All things are in Him a blessed recompense. All things of your eternal inheritance. All things everlasting and all things still to come. All things joined together and all things in one. All things in heaven at His holy right hand. All things that bless Him. All things of the Lamb, all the things lovely, and all the things new, all the things innumerable, not little or few, all the things perfect and holy and true, all those things laid up in heaven for you. All the things of knowledge will be understood, all the things righteous and wonderfully good. All things pertaining to life as it should. All things, if in his great promise you've stood. All things of treasure and full without measure. And all the things at his right hand are a pleasure. All things forever and ever and ever. All things of kindness and kinship together. All things all glorious, all perfectly clean. And all things refreshing to drink from the stream. All things of blessing will fall upon thee. And all things there's a resting that's calm and serene. All the things flowing from God on the throne. All things will be yours to call them your own. All things prepared in your heavenly home. All things in your hope will finally be known. All things our God is making brand new. All things of treasure in heaven accrued. All this temporal life will then come to an end. All this troubled sea gone, the reigning will begin. All things currently aren't underneath our feet. All the earnest given here will there be all complete. All that hoped inheritance will greet us in the sweet. All that Jesus promised will be realized in his seat. 
all that we could ever even hope to realize, all the prepared mansions that await us in the skies, all the things that Christ desires, he will have them too. All the inheritance for the Son, both Gentile and the Jew. All the nations, tribes, and tongues, for him it is declared. All the ends upon the earth, for him it was prepared. All this is the truth. Oh, it must always be heard. Oh, please don't forget this blessed, wonderful word. Speak of it often and let us be stirred. Don't let his promises be forgotten abandoned or obscured there's no investment we can really have upon this earth that pays any return at all of this eternal worth for things gained here are temporal corrupted and accursed for heaven's what we long for and for heaven we do thirst the men of earth they judge the worth on temporary wealth of things they have been laying up that sit upon the shelf, or that they have a family, or that they have their health. But the greatest treasure of the saints is Jesus Christ himself. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Thank you, brethren. Are there any comments from the brethren to add to this message? Amen. Right now, we're becoming familiar by faith with, uh, with, with Christ. But when we see him, we shall be like him. But we shall see him as he is. So we're being transformed. But we have the, the fullness. The, not till we get there. We won't, we won't be able to tell about the fullness till we get there. It'll be, it's, it's good things are up ahead for those who trust and believe in Christ. Mm. Whenever we, um, when we, the, whenever we were saved, at the at the time that we were saved, we received life, and uh-huh. we had never known it before. It was a completely different kind of life. Yes. But it was like an infant when they're born. Yeah. Uh, they have life, but they have to learn what this life is. And right now we're in that process. It's held out to us that we might uh, begin to comprehend just what a glorious thing God has done in us, to us, for us, and for his own glory. And as we continue in this world and we continue to look at Jesus and understand what eternal life is, that assist us in actually being ready for it whenever we go to it. Amen. It won't be strange to us. Amen. But we really are learning what live life is. Amen.
another sense in which we're tasting of the powers of the world to come right now. Mm -hmm. yes. We're having a foretaste. And, and, and to the degree that you, you love it, you give yourself to it, see, you'll be able to participate in that. But, but the bulk of it's up ahead. He's what he said in John 5, 11, and this is the record that God hath given to us. He's given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Amen. So see, you can't have this or participate in it independent from Jesus. Amen. Yes, I, I'm like the world where it is left in inheritance, he's not given the seed. Seed the inheritance, but we're given to see enough of it so that we know what what it involves. Yes. Amen. Mm -hmm. And there's something about the sight of it that whets your appetite and drives you on. The world can't offset that. The world doesn't have anything. Yeah. Not the world in its entirety can't offset that inheritance. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. I want to, to thank Brother Robert for his teaching this morning. Yes. That Bible class on the salvation of God uh, and the redemption of the body. It was, mm -hmm. bless me, it's very good. And my prayer is that this word would be heard by many others. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. I see this in, in Genesis 25 6. Come by Abraham. Remember, he gave, he, he, was, he was getting ready to die. And he says, but unto the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had, Abraham gave gifts and sent them away. Yeah. <laughs> See, God's not going to send us. So he's getting us ready to inherit something that only he can give. But see, people who just, they, they're discontent with just mere routine. See, they're not, they're not going to get this inheritance. This inheritance is is special. It's for those who are in Christ, who are crucifying the flesh, walking in the spirit. They're at, they have a special gift. Isaac got the best gifts. Isaac did. He's the one that got the inheritance. Yes. The rest got gifts. Anyway, it's just interesting to see how he worded that. Amen. <clears throat> 